Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Welcome to Behind the Drive Shortcuts, Volume 62, I think it is. Our very special guest today is Paul Kafke, an extraordinary musician from Toronto. What a what a what a thrill to meet you. You know, I don't know anything about you at all. <laughs> so, just what I learned in the last week, and because I'm quite new, yeah. <laughs> and listening to your album, so uh, it's a great album. Uh, so we'll concentrate mostly Thank on you. that, okay? And then, uh, sure, yeah. And, and then, because I don't know your other work too well yet, but I, I will go check it out. I, I know your some of your YouTube stuff, but. Uh, Anyway, so uh, just for the sake of our audience, can you maybe give us a little bit of a background story on yourself, just to sort of catch that up and uh, introduce yourself? Uh, yes, of course. So my name is Paul Kafka. I was born in uh, in the Soviet Union back in late seventies, and my parents put me into a music school for um, accordion. So. Um, for about seven years, I've been studying accordion and music theory and all those right. kind of things that go on. Uh, and and that, that's that's happening during the daytime. And in the evening, I would be listening to my uh, big brother's recordings on tape, on um, all kinds of mediums, actually. But I'd be, I'd be listening to a lot of Beatles and, and Rolling Stones and John Lee Hooker and Elvis and B.B. King. So a rather yeah. kind of eclectic, but still uh, rootsy type of music. And so that's what I grew up listening to while I was also playing classical music on the accordion. Right. And since 2009, I've been living in Canada, and that's where I feel like this bigger connection and appreciation for Western roots music, and so kind of allowed me to dive deeper into that. Right. And um, yeah, I started writing uh, in English, uh, so English songs, English language songs, uh, in you know about ten years ago, right. and. You know, have released some of them. So, uh, as you mentioned, you can find them on YouTube or any streaming services. And yeah, I'm particularly proud of my last record, my latest. No, never say last. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my latest record because I think it allowed me to embrace my style and not kind of be confined by um, a specific genre name, but rather touch upon all these little parts of music that I love and cherish. Right. So. Um- that's I mean, <laughs> well, that's a big story. Now, did you did you at any point uh, were you playing in uh, rock and roll bands and things like that in the Soviet Union, or or uh, I don't know oh, anything yes, about course. that part yeah, of the yeah, world. Yeah. So. I, I had my first. <laughs> um, it's it's definitely a very interesting one. Yeah, there's a certain there's a certain scene that loves roots music, blues, and rockabilly, and all those kind of things. So I put together my first covers band um i think mid 90s 1994 1995 i was still in high school so that was my first attempt then i kept playing throughout um you know university and a little bit after that um, and uh, all the way up until now and even having come to canada i've played in some rock and roll bands uh, primarily covers but right. yeah, uh, sure. then i kind of decided that i want to do my own music right. and uh, this is where i am yeah <laughs> Well, and and forgive me for saying, but some of your songs sound like they would be amazing in Russian. 
like sung in in Russian. I don't know anything about the language, but there's this sense that they could be international. You could make them like different, like for different languages, right? I don't know. Anyway, it's a it's a really fun uh, album, actually. Um, you know, I was kind of taken by surprise because the first song I think I heard was um, from one of your earlier albums, and I wasn't... Oh, it was from your... Uh, you have a rock and roll collection or a kind of a roots, old uh, old uh, rock and roll album, I think. That's what I first heard, and uh, I wasn't sure what you were going for there. I, I can't remember the name uh-huh. of it right now, but... Uh, um, <laughs> Yeah, that. Uh, the, but then when I heard this album, I was really blown away because there's, if you don't mind me saying so, there almost seems to be two albums here. One where you seem to be really speaking your heart, and the other one where you're kind of playing in this in the the styles that you love. Um, so I'll give you an example of that. Here's my thinking, right? Because on a song. Like one of the songs that really blows me away is "Not Your Kind," and uh, that seems mm. be very, very personal in a way. But then Ontario Rocker, which is sort of uh, you're telling your story, but it's more fun and more of a you know uh, you know a dance song and a, you know a really great bar tune for mm-hmm. sure, right? But that contrast really gives the album some dimension, if you know what I mean. Like, so it makes it. Uh, yeah. Was that intentional? Did you? Was that what you were going for? Or? Yeah, that's that's a great question, Douglas. I appreciate that. Um, f- first of all, this is basically my approach to any album that I'm making. If it's more than eight, nine songs, well, okay. more than eight right. songs, then I try to keep it. Uh, as entertaining as possible so not all the songs should sound the same and not should should not all be kind of in the same uh vein and i know this is counterintuitive to many people who put together albums specifically because they feel that their songs uh belong together this way yeah, but yeah. to me i've been thinking long and hard about that and I I realized that as I grew up listening to the music that was back in the 50s and 60s, and you couldn't do a lot of different sound. You couldn't have access to um, a diversity of instruments and diversity of kind of post-production processing. Right. So they had to make those songs stand out each on its own if they wanted to put out an LP. And what it, it has done to us is to an extent, there's not a lot of artists out there these days who put out whole albums, right? Okay. People tend to, if you if you go talk to anybody in the industry in the industry, they will say, Hey, you gotta you better put out a single and That's promote right. it and put out yeah. another single and promote yeah. it and so yeah. forth. Yeah. And uh, I found that, yes, in part, this is because the attention span of us as humans is slightly different now than it was <laughs> yeah. back in the day. There's a lot of factors that go in there. Yeah. But I thought, you know, if I want to captivate a listener's uh, attention for the duration of a 35-minute record, then I have to make sure that those songs don't sound like each other all right. the time. So right. there has to be some kind of variation. And you pick up on that. I take a lot of time figuring out in what sequence I want to put the song so that they tell a cohesive story from right. one to another. Yeah. And the, the two tunes that you called out specifically, yes, Ontario Rocker is kind of a little more cheeky and I wanted to present myself as 
this is what you guys, if you come to see me playing right. live, this is what you guys are going to yeah. get, that kind of energy, because I think that song is is pure my life performance. Right. And it kind of is centered around this. You know, I'm naming all these cities in Ontario right. that I played or wish to play, yeah. and this is what I want to do. And then the story behind Not Your Kind, it's a very dark song, and the history behind it is completely different. Uh, back in March this year, I heard a... Um, a podcast on CBC radio. There's this program. There's this program called um, uh, White Coat, White Coat, Black Art, and they right. talk about uh, science and all those kind of things. And one of the episodes on that podcast was about um, women of color who work as nurses in here in Ontario and who are being abused by their patients who refuse to take care because they are of different color. Right. And um, that. I don't know, maybe it's just the bubble that I live in. We all live in certain bubbles. I have never seen uh, that happening. And I, it was very difficult for me to imagine and understand that. And the extent of work that these uh, uh, women, and not just women, I think everybody, all the people of color have to go through in order to be accepted. And the the juxtaposition of this was, this is a caregiver role, you know, a yeah. nurse, someone yeah. who takes care of you how can you be so callous yeah. uh, you know yeah. towards that yeah. and so basically what i did is i'm not very good with expressing things writing like some people do you know articles and they publish on blogs or whatever it is or make videos sure. so i just kind of spilled it all into this song where um, um where I, i'm trying to um, kind of make create the awareness about this story that those things still exist even though it's unfathomable in some situations yeah, yeah. so yeah two very different songs but i really appreciate you calling that out because that's what i tried to accomplish oh. when putting an album together yeah well actually that there's a couple there that i really want to get to but that one uh that's very powerful and uh you know and it comes right on the heels of uh of uh, the longest day of the year, which I want to talk to you a bit about as well. Go to a couple of the songs that I really love, and then we'll maybe come back and talk about more. I think the album as a whole is really going to be well received. I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm not sure how you're you're getting the word out there, but uh, it's really got something cohesively. That's really interesting. But the first song that really, really caught me was Nervous. So, you know, I, in, I, I get lots of music sent to me, right, because of uh, the work that I do. And so I, I kind of scan them, trying to find a way to get into the, uh, the set of songs. And Nervous just jumped off the page. Can you tell us about how that was written? and? Uh, because there's something really going on there, uh, like bigger, like, you know, that one sounds Thank like you. a licensing uh, deal for you there. It's got lots of appeal. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> I, I hope so. I'll keep my fingers crossed that yeah. someone will pick it up. Yeah. Uh, but but as far as the history of the song, um, I think the production was the most challenging on this one because you may notice there's no guitars. I'm a guitar player when it comes to making my music. So I first wrote this song uh, on an acoustic guitar and I wanted it as a ballad. And then it, I just couldn't get it right. I couldn't get, I mean, I could play it perfectly the way it's intended, but the sound wasn't, it was missing something. Right. And um, so I went, I went to uh, Rainer, the, the keyboard player from South Africa, and I said, you know, can you just make it all into uh, a piano-led song? 
not so much a ballad because you can hear it's it's still got that 60s doo-wop uh, vibe underneath it with the drums and then the upright bass and all those kind of things but then kind of to move a little bit from that and make it a little more uh, romantic in nature i thought uh, what we're missing is a flugelhorn and so that's um, a gentleman from hungary who uh, plays i think in one of the philharmonic orchestras there again met online just you know found someone and uh, he sent me a couple of samples and i said i like that so let's work on that right so yeah that's that's how it it came together for me one of the biggest challenges was um, and again if you compare it to the other songs my uh, my voice when i sing is is quite powerful and this song is such mild that i was scared to death of ruining it with powerful singing so i worked with a voice coach emma hewson who is a good friend of mine she's a toronto-based artist she she teaches piano and vocals very good jazz style so i've had a few sessions with her and we walked through this Uh, she basically taught me how to sing um you know in this mild mellow voice really? and, and do this but yet leave some room in the end when we have the build up of the song so that i can kind of project a little bit more this is behind the drive shortcuts we'll be back in a minute by muskoka for muskoka your collection of muskoka based talk shows muskoka magazine the bay 88.7 brought to you by dairy lane dental keeping muskoka smiling for over 30 years visit dairylanedental.com oh yeah. that's great you know and the thing is uh, it really touched me in a way because it reminded me, you know, when we were when I was younger, that was the kind of song you slow danced with, uh, you know. So you you spent your whole night getting your courage up to <laughs> go dance with somebody. So yes, yes. You, you really caught the you really caught the mood and the feel. It's really uh, it's really great. Uh, let me go backwards a bit again. Can you tell uh-huh. me a bit about the album? Did you? Did you have a band with you? Did you play all the instruments or how how did you put this and how did you uh, record it and things like that? Can you tell us the process um, behind the project? Yeah, of course. Uh, a great question. So the entire album was done remotely. Well, almost all of it was done remotely. I uh, it was done in the lockdown, so most right. of the work most of the recordings were uh, were done in lockdown and um, a while ago, I've met uh, a, a a gentleman who lives in Venezuela and who plays an amazing bass and harmonica. <laughs> and I really wanted to work with him. Fantastic. Yeah, it was, yeah, he was yeah. amazing. I just yeah. really felt the vibe with this right. person. And uh, he's, his, his name is uh, Hector Ruano. He lives in Venezuela. And he's over time, although we basically only communicate over the Internet, but we've become really good friends now. And uh, I really wanted him to, you know, to be on my record and I wanted to make the whole record around this. So he basically plays bass on, I think, uh, eight out of 10 songs on this. There's one song that I played bass myself. Uh, it's it's Downtown. I played bass on right. that one because it's <laughs> simple enough. Just right. Uh, roots and fifths yeah. then uh, there's another song where i worked with a friend of mine who is a bass player in the hamilton based rockabilly band called the king jives oh yeah so um that's uh yeah uh, so trevor came out and we recorded that in the studio when the lockdown was uh lifted and that's the song nervous so he played his upright bass on that one yeah and um and then yeah i mean the drums uh most of it was done by uh glenn wellman who resides in the uk but is originally from south africa again i met him on the internet i really enjoyed his approach to drumming and i thought i wanted to bring him onto this record for his sound 
Um, there's a lot of keyboards in this, which I really appreciate because it kind of me as a guitar player, it gives me uh, a lot of room to breathe and not just constantly yeah. being focused on like, oh, hey, how do I make the tone perfect? <laughs> all, yeah. all that. And um, that is uh, also by a South African based uh, artist. Um, uh, Rainer Jadishke is his name. And then there's a, there's, a, there's a bunch of other folks. There's Colin James Gibson, who is a guitar player here in Toronto. Okay. He is on the song. He's playing all the guitars on the song. Um, uh, oh, my God, what's it called? On the um, Your Dad Was Correct, which is, I think, oh. the third track on, on yeah. the record. Um, uh, my friend uh, Zebulon Barno plays uh, drums on uh, Downtown as much as i can remember but That's everything okay. was done remote i think there's a lot of other people who yeah. are doing things as well, well hard. i just can't remember off the top of my head yeah <laughs> well you know the problem for me is i get the album i i don't get them i don't get an actual album i get them digitally right so i don't mm -hmm. get to see all the credits which really uh drives well me. i'll send you one you know after after we we're done yeah. with this conversation uh if you can give me your address i'll send you the oh, actual oh, cd because sure. i have printed a few oh, yeah did you you're a brave boy <laughs> cds <laughs> are cds are crazy that's what you're singing about that in ontario rocker right how you're gonna sell once you get <laughs> yes. to la and and uh, have you yeah. ever been to LA? Have you ever tried to play? I have LA? not. No, that's uh, yeah. I have not. That's one place I'd like to go. I haven't been to the states a lot. Yeah. Um, I haven't been to anywhere on the West Coast. Not even in Canada. I haven't oh, been to the oh, West okay. Coast at all. We we need to um, maybe just capture a little bit about what you're doing um, in terms of your live shows and uh, things mm -hmm. like that. Will you be? Are you going to be going out on a little tour to support this or? Uh, if you got plans at all? Yes, yeah, that's a that's a great question. I I am planning a a, a tour before the end of this year. I'm planning to hit as many uh, cities and towns as I can, possibly not just in Ontario, but also go outside. Um, it all is contingent on what the regulations around right. COVID are, because right now we're in the summer, so it's patios mostly. And what is going to be the capacity uh, in the venues inside? So I'm hoping, you know, the, the the government comes up with a solution for those things. But most definitely I'm planning. Uh, as of right now, my next show is in uh, London, yeah, uh, London, right. Ontario, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, the last Friday of October. I believe that's October 25th. Right. Uh, so that's I'm going to be there with uh, with my band with uh, so it's going to be a full band uh, yeah. performance. Yeah, tell me a bit about the band. So uh, what what's what's it comprised of? You got uh... it's a it's it's a very uh, kind of nitty gritty, you know, almost like a skeleton crew, if you wish. I okay. have a, an upright bass player by the name of uh, Ethan Tilbury, and I have a drummer by the name of. Um, Riley O'Connor. Okay. So it's basically kind of like your classic rockabilly blues trio. Sure, right. uh, depending on the size of it, sometimes for festival, I have other guests, uh, artists join me, yeah. whether on keyboard or on saxophone, whatever instrument uh, makes sense. But for, for smaller indoors venues, uh, we kind of just stay as this classic rockabilly right, trio. Right. Yeah. And, and why, why, what's your interest in rockabilly? Like, where did that come from? Is that, are you. Uh... <laughs> Because that that's I asked myself that question to the day. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah yes definitely i think i think there's a little bit of a of a controversy or uh, <laughs> i don't know contradiction there because i'm an eastern european guy right. so technically not as, as exposed but as i said earlier i i grew up listening to a lot of the beatles and when i tried to i guess subconsciously understand how come that you know the beatles who through the course of their uh, career as the band through the seven years that they've been releasing albums they came from country and skiffle rock like rockabilly yeah. all the For way sure, to yeah. you know experimental music yeah. psychedelic and they got yeah. hard rock and they yeah. got everything right. classic blues everything yeah. so i was trying to understand that and that's how i discovered that the beatles grew up listening to a lot of um you know rockabilly by you know chuck berry uh carl perkins yeah. uh roy Dwayne. orbison was one of their idols and is mine now Dwayne and Eddie so and that was yeah. kind of the big component of me um becoming a fan of rockabilly and then the lifestyle itself i think it's pretty like the vintage uh look and feel of oh, okay. people who like yeah. original rock and roll yeah, yeah. And, I, and i think to me the biggest influences were obviously elvis and um Frankly speaking, Carl Perkins for guitar playing, sure. Elvis for singing, and um, Roy Orbison for songwriting. Right. Okay. Yeah, because I'm uh, good friends, or well, I'm I'm friends with Matt Allen, who's uh, who who lives up here, and he's uh-huh. really a devotee to rockabilly. Yeah. And I wrote, I I wrote a story about him trying to understand because I grew up through the same period, but didn't get touched by rockabilly the same way he does. For example, I don't know if you know Matt. But he said it was the Clash yeah. that turned him on. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> which was something I never even thought of, right? But uh, yeah, so and yeah. you, you've no, got Matt. Matt, Matt is a. Uh... Go ahead. Sorry, I just I just want to say Matt Matt is an amazing uh, person to know. I um, he's I consider him a good friend. He he's played a few of my songs on his show right. on on uh, the Hunters Bay Radio, right. and uh, I actually was lucky enough to. Uh, play with him on stage it was different acts he was uh he was doing a solo and then uh i was doing a follow-up later on we did it at cherry colas in in toronto yeah. and then you know we've stayed in touch ever since then and he has been very um because his understanding of the roots genre of right. of how rockabilly relates to blues and jazz mm-hmm. and all those really early um, yeah. ages um different genres his understanding is uh, i don't know unparalleled in yeah, my opinion so i i really appreciate all the the, the support that he's done has done for me over the times yeah. and uh yeah just a fantastic person his show is great too 